0: The scripture reading today is from Genesis 13, 1 to 12. So Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negev. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together, for their possessions were so great they could not live together. And there was strife between the herders of Abraham's livestock and the herders of of Lot's livestock. And at that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites lived in the land. Then Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will take the right, or if you take the right, I will take the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of Jordan was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and he journeyed eastwards. Thus, they separated from each other. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The text for today's sermon is taken from the New Testament, the Gospel of Mark, the last verse of chapter nine salt is good but if salt has lost its saltiness how can you season it have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another dear friends of IPC dear sisters and brothers in Christ have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another It's just one short sentence from the Gospel of Mark, but beware, it's a very important one and the true word of God for the present time. Sam started with potatoes and salt. I'll continue with salt and peace, a strange pair. We do not normally put salt in relation with peace, don't we? In the Bible, the symbolic use of the term salt is different, special. Salt was a symbol of faithfulness and sincerity. When two parties were entering into an agreement or arranging a covenant... Salt was often used as a symbol of integrity and honesty. Twice in the Old Testament, the covenant between God and his people is called a covenant of salt. Have salt in yourselves, therefore, means be faithful, honest, lucid, and transparent. Like salt. In the New Testament, in the letter to the Colossians, we read that your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Chapter 4. Again, this use of the term salt together with gracious indicates that it is a sim- symbol of transparent transparency and goodwill. Salt is modest. It is not shining like gold or silver or colorful like saffron. But salt is effective and of great importance not only for seasoning dishes but also for preserving food, even more at times before using refrigerators. In a symbolic way, it means extend your hand in peace. Smile instead of getting angry. Say a word of recognition before criticizing. Have salt in yourselves also means have peace in yourselves. Be at peace with yourselves and you will be able to be at peace with others. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. I would like to add another exegetical comment on the second part of this verse before actualizing this important call of Jesus. I hope you are patient with me. Be at peace with one another is in fact not an appropriate translation, but it is difficult to find a better one. Be at peace is too passive. In the Greek New Testament, it is a verb, one word, which means having, uh, being peace-minded in a very active way. It's interesting that we have a verb for the noun fight, namely fighting but not an adi- adequate verb for peace, like to peace or piecing. Neither in English nor in German. We are thinking peace too passive. Of course, it is wonderful to have peace, to be at peace with others. This is the goal. But to reach this goal, we have to work hard. We are f- therefore called to be to be peacekeepers. Since we are human beings, we are not able to live without conflicts. In Psalm 85, we read, steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other. The basis for peace is righteousness and to establish, establish righteousness is a true challenge. It may be in family or in society. And we are called to be peacemakers, as we know from the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It's quite a while ago that my wife and me were celebrating the anniversary of our silver wedding together with family and friends. One of our daughters, she is a pastry chef and at that time was still in training, was presenting us a wonderful wedding cake. On the top she wrote, Helen and Peter, 25 years happy. Meanwhile, We are married for more than 40 years and still happy together. But receiving this wonderful gift from our daughter, we exchanged a smile because we both knew you are not just happy 25 years, although you love one another. Happiness is the fruit of mutual love, of tolerance of mutual respect and of forgiveness. A couple has to work daily to keep its relationship healthy. It happens, even after decades of living together, that you are offending your partner without intending. Then it is important to be able to forgive one another and to overcome conflicts. That's the soul which will keep a marriage alive. Happiness and peace will then be the fruit. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. We have heard the Old Testament reading with the story of Abraham and Lot. An interesting, wonderful and helpful story from the first pages of the Bible illustrating how we can overcome a serious conflict and be in peace again with one another. What we have in this story is a conflict, the reason for this conflict, and the way out of this conflict, the solution. It probably began as so many conflicts in everyday life The herders of Abraham and the herders of Lot got in each other's way. Can't you take care of your curious goats? Get them out of our pasture. Or at the well. Stop pushing to the front with your donkeys. We were the first to be here this morning. Angry words are leading to a heavy dispute which is easily becoming a serious conflict, which may result in a battle. But this conflict ends in peace. Why? First, there is an analysis of this conflict. The conflict between the two parties has its roots in the lack of land. We read, so that the land could not support both of them living together. It's not appropriate to just ask the herders to be nicer to one another. The basic problem is that the land available is not large enough for two growing families with growing herds. Doesn't that sound familiar? Land is still today the reason for so many conflicts. Look at the very same area, Israel, Palestine. But also in other places of the world, most of the conflicts are about land or oil or other mineral resources. In this ancient story of the Bible, the sober analysis of the conflict helps to find a solution. The land cannot support both families. We therefore have to separate. This might hurt because the two families are kindred. Together they were on the way to the promised land. Together they had overcome challenges in this new country. But now was the time to separate, to go separate ways. But which ways? The land was not unlimited, and it was a very different kind. To the west, the hilly, bleak landscape with sparse pastures, and to the east, the well watered plain of the Jordan. What could a just solution look like? How should they decide? By drawing lots? By counting the flocks? Or by the age of the head of the two families? It's Abraham who makes a wise and generous offer. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Of course, Lot is choosing the better part. Abraham looked like the loser. But this decision eventually turned out to be for his benefit. Salt and peace. Abraham's attitude is an example for what it means to have salt in yourselves. An attitude of wisdom, of generosity and lucidity. Which is restoring peace. Well, this attitude is not only characteristic for an old wise man like Abraham. A few weeks ago, I came along this simple story of Antonio and his little sister, Laura. Antonio is a, Antonio is a first grader and Laura is only four years old, visiting the kindergarten. When Antonio is doing his homework, at school, Laura often comes to his room. Yesterday she wanted to have my rubber. Antonio explains, but I, had, but I had to do my maths and needed the eraser myself. But stubborn, listen, little sister Laura insisted. She really got on my nerves, Antonio says, and I couldn't concentrate. First, I wanted to get her out of my room. But then I decided to explain a new game to her, and I promised to give her the robber after having finished my homework. And that's how we did it. I had soon finished, and we were playing a game together. It was great fun. For this little story, I think we don't need a conflict analysis the situation is very clear and is happening daily, all over. Different interests, different understandings among siblings, in marriages, among neighbors, at work, in church, and so on. It always, it always needs people who take the first step to restore peace again, who make a generous offer, who maybe have a creative idea to solve the problem, like Abraham or little Antonio. We need peacekeepers and peacemakers. So many divisions among human beings, so many deep gaps within societies and Countries. Last month in July, I was reading a statement of Christians from Great Britain, members of the Focolari movement, an international Christian organization that promotes the ideals of unity and universal brotherhood. The title of their statement was Rebuilding Relationship After the EU Referendum. I'm reading a passage from this statement. Who could have imagined how a country could be thrown into turmoil virtually overnight? For many people waking up and hearing the news the morning after the EU referendum, it seemed like we were still dreaming. For about half of those, that dream was a nightmare. Days of uncertainty have followed and recriminations continue to fly in politics, workplaces, the media, and in family homes. Voting statistics seem to show a a nation divided against itself by region, age, education, and income. It seems too that there has been a significant rise, rise in racist and xenophobic incidents. We cannot ignore the fact that millions of citizens of this country feel that they have no voice and their economic situation promises little hope for the future. So, how do we respond? The word of the Gospel, be at peace with one another, can be a starting point encouraging us to knit together relationships of listening, of love. Unity is not made of an abstract dialogue, It is first of all a meeting with people, with brothers and sisters to love. Now in Britain, we face the challenge of listening to and building peace with those we disagree with. We choose not to turn away from suffering, but to look for ways that we can rebuild our society together with others. So far, the witness of British Christians Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. How do we become peacekeepers and peacemakers? Remember who is asking us to be at peace with others? It is Jesus. He himself is the one to bring peace. He himself is the peace. When he, as the risen Lord... Me met his disciples. He was greeting them. Peace be with you. And according to the gospel of John. He is addressing his disciples. With these words. Peace be with you. As the father has sent me. So I send you. That makes clear. That we are called to be heralds. Of peace like Jesus. Peace Makers and peacekeepers. This sounds like a too heavy burden for us. But we shouldn't forget that we are never alone. Jesus himself is the peace and he is extending this peace to us. As we read in the Gospel of John, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And this peace has its origin in his heavenly Father for he is a God of peace as we know from the letter to the Roman chapter fifteen, thirty-three. Salt and peace. We have it both in Jesus. His life which he gave for us is salt for our lives purifies us, keeps us alive, makes us alert for conflicts where we are called to bring peace. Amen.